it? Hello. You went through it last week, but you are back to prove once again that losing is the new winning. Hashtag Jack Race. <laughs> <laughs> now, I want you all to really hear this. No queen is a loser on RuPaul's Drag Race. Victoria Porkchop Parker was the very first queen to ever be eliminated on RuPaul's Drag Race 13 years ago. And today, she is a living legend. Just ask anyone at the Golden Corral. <laughs> now, Shangela and Vanjie were the first eliminated from their season. Miss Vanjie. Only to return and reach new heights of international fame. Team. Racers, you signed up for a competition. Queens will be eliminated. But the moral of this fairy tale is simple. No matter what happens here, out there, or online, don't let anyone make you feel like a loser. Hello. Amen. All right. You know why? Because you're a winner, baby. <laughs> well, I think this is a golden opportunity to talk about Elisa Summers. <laughs> You know, we're we're talking about Vanjie, we're talking about Shangela at the Oscars, we're talking about Pork Chop being a legend, but you know, no one's talking about a queen for all seasons, just not this one. Season mm. four is Elisa Summers. Okay. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You know, I did think about uh Magnolia Crawford, right? And Kelly. Yeah, Mantle. there's another one. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh you know, so so go for it, Mary. <laughs> oh, I don't have much to say. <laughs> so I mean <laughs> well, well, okay. So obviously, there's uh, you're you're trying to kind of circumvent RuPaul's loser sermon here. I'm just um, I'm just being that girl in the back row. I'm just being like in the Simpsons. There'd be like Hans Molman in the back going, "I object," and so I'm just being Hans Molman of like, well, they're not all Shangela, right? No, but what the the thesis of her statement is that no queen is a loser of RuPaul's Drag Race, and of course, I, and this is our clip of the week, obviously because put in all caps almost on this episode, and to be perfectly honest with you last week and this week and kind of what this twist of season 13 is doing is trying to message out as much as possible stop bullying or sending hate to these queens well i think yeah i i think there's also there's a bit of that but i feel like it feels like this commentary on the, on the idea that you know the the queens who go home early are the filler queens or like that, that what happens in the first challenge or the first episode tells you anything about who that person was before they came into the competition. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they're not, not only by not having anyone be eliminated in the first two episodes, but everything that's happened with Elliot, I feel like is just meant to flip all of that expected narrative on its head. I mean, like I'm being shady about Elisa Summers. I'm sure she's great if she's still doing drag, but like there's that assumption because she went home first on season four that like, Oh, terrible drag right, queen. Right. And, and evaluating her based on like very little information. And then you have the situation where these Queens are evaluating Elliot based on even less information. Mm -hmm. And it's just, yeah, it's an interesting kind of, uh, twist on that. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of loving it. I'm loving this choice. I, I actually really appreciate what the show is trying to say here. I really do. It's why, why would, why would we complain? Right. It's like, we do get mm -hmm. more time with these Queens that normally are sent home that first episode. And we get 
about 15 minutes of them, uh, not to you know pun the 15 minutes of fame, but like it, when you edit down an episode, you're getting about 15 minutes of that queen, uh, and then and then she goes home, and I feel like these two and now it's going to be three episodes uh we do get some more time for them on tv and there is a chance for for the fandom to connect more with their stories and to connect more with their drag and to keep pushing this idea of like look we're not going to be like sports even though this is a competition we're we're allowed as a community to to push a different narrative so to speak and say well, we're not going to be mean to them just because they went home first. That doesn't mean anything. They still made it here, and there's still a reason they made it here. Uh, and I do appreciate that. I feel like you and I, Colin, on this podcast, have been talking about that for a while. Of like, oh, I wish that we, you know, Tempest du Jour could have been on our TV a little bit longer. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I mean, I, th- I think a lot of it falls under like, oh, I, you know, I wish it could be a little bit kinder sometimes. And it's interesting, you know, last week feeling like, huh. This whole pork chop loading doc's a little bit mean spirited, but mm-hmm. I, but knowing that the narrative that was only the first chapter of the story and kind of seeing how it's emerged and seeing how um, you know the 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 pork chop loading doc Stanford you know prison experiment worked <laughs> out with. Uh, with with voting out Elliot and then Elliot you know just you know opens the door and is in the the winner circle. I uh, I I love that. I love that instead of what we thought was like, boy, what a nasty start. They think they're going to come into this competition. Their dreams are shattered before they get to prove anything. And it's um, it's almost like en- like any sort of indictment against like drag race. Indictment's a big word. But, you know, like uh, any suggestion that drag race is, um, you know, is being cruel or manipulating these people. I love that it's like... Well, we're manipulating them, but it all works out really well in the end. Like, <laughs> they're still manipulating them. Let's get it clear. Well, but it's like, reality TV, girl. Yeah. I mean, you're signing on to watch the show just like they're signing on to be in the competition. So mm-hmm. it's very hard to critique if you're co-signing by, by tuning in, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't watch a show about elimination and be upset about the elimination is I think the point they're trying, not the point they're trying to make, but like the bigger point that's being made. It's like, yeah, they're going to get eliminated. We know. But I love that. Like there are, there's, we think Elliot is going to go home really early. You know, we think got Mick and candy and they think they're going to be lip syncing. I love that. There's just like these big high stakes moments. And then like both times RuPaul is like, no, 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 don't worry about it. No, no, relax. It's going to be fine. Like, he says in the workroom, like, oh, now you can all relax. And says, oh, never mind. You're never going to be able to relax during this competition. And then they get a free week. I yeah. Mean, like, yeah. It's uh, – and, and the judges, I think this is, like, the – kindest they've ever been this is the most oh. like gentle they've ever been on an episode oh, of drag God. race yeah let's talk about big fuzzy gloves here i seriously mean, the way that they talked to candy was really big fuzzy gloves uh like they knew and you know i mean granted don't make it show in your gotta i just cringed but what <laughs> oh gosh i just kept I, I just you know it's like for any What's the tea fan? Mm-hmm. Um, it just makes me think of that story about Michelle Visage getting her her name and um, didn't she didn't did she either she had or she wanted to get a jacket she had that said she had it that said Kata on the back yes. which of course it's you know someone said yeah but it's just gonna say Kara Kara because it's C A R A and so she changed it to Visage so she could have been Michelle Kata 
kata, yes. kata. Kata. See, this is the problem. There'd be people like me who'd say kata or kara. She oh. made a good choice by going by <laughs> visage, honestly. Like, visage, well, visage is also, yeah, it's very, it's French. There's this, like, um, whole uh, nuance about it. Uh, RuPaul yeah. would, like, decimate that name. Like, he would never get through her, that, that name. Yeah, Michelle Cara. Yeah. He just, he would, it, the way that your mouth has to form around the D and you see the R and you feel silly and pretentious, I just, I get it. So, uh Yes, all these judges, again, you know, speaking to this, you know, uh, losing is the new winning. Yeah, this week, and I guess sort of last week, not really last week, uh, they were just, the judges just asked them producer questions last week. But this Mm -hmm. week, this week they were edited to only hear, or we were only able to hear all of these really, really great comments uh, with some critique, right? I think uh, Tina also got some critique about, you know, and big fuzzy gloves from Michelle of like, hey, you're a great performer. Now, let me tell you about TV performing. Uh, you have to perform to the camera girl, you know, and there was there was that whole moment there. Uh, they had but- that same moment in season six with Bianca with her mm-hmm. makeup. And oh, it was the same gentleness of like, hey, just, you know, you're on TV. The light hits different. So, like, you know, you have to adjust for that. And it, I do love that. I love when we get to see them giving advice about being on TV because it's you know, Rue says, oh, it's really good advice. And it's like, it's actually really meaningful advice because mm-hmm. for most of these people, it's the first time they're ever on TV. And it's like the, it is that huge transformation in their career where now they're doing drag on television. And I, so I love that that's part of the, the judging is like the meta of like, hey, heads up now that you're doing this in, on TV and not in a club, things to pay attention to. Yeah, uh, yeah, certainly. And the the other thing I wanted to say about these nice judges is I don't I don't know if this was while it was going on or whatever. Uh, it was probably not affected by it. But another example is even the judges get fandom hate, as exampled by Je- uh, Jeffrey Boyer Chapman. And mm. it's almost like they're being nice also uh, so that they don't get the yeah. fandom either, right? Yeah, that, you know, that's an interesting point. Like, I, I'm... Uh, particularly keeping an eye on Michelle because I think that she's generally, you know, Ross doesn't really come down hard on the Queens. You know, Carson doesn't necessarily come down that hard on them, but like Michelle, that's kind of what she's known for. So mm-hmm. I wonder this season, because uh, yeah, this is, she's just being so gentle this week that I'm curious to see how that continues the rest of the season. Yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, whether it's a response to the fandom or not, you know, I know that a lot of people were critiquing the first episode because they were like, this isn't what we needed, you know, during a pandemic. Maybe they were like, when they were filming this, yeah, Michelle's like, meh, I'm not going to be that mean during a pandemic, you know? <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking, too. I was like, that's something to think about watching this season is like knowing that this is their first, you know, COVID season in terms of filming. It's like, mm. how does that affect any of this? Like, d- does that plane of like, eh, do we really need to tear these people down in the middle of a pandemic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. It's an interesting lens. Yeah, and you know, and going back to the RuPaul's Loser Sermon, just like this meta idea for season 13, you wonder what's ahead and how the producers are handling this season and what kind of they're pumping into those interviews with the queens. Because... Even in Untucked, like these queens are all being real nice to each other. And we'll get into the Elliot the Spy narrative, but like even that is in quotes. And it's all very like, oh, you're a mole. They're not being mean to her. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know? It, it, it definitely is not an organic narrative. It's something mm-hmm. that they're playing out until it's time to move on. Yeah. Right, right, right. And, you know, and we're pointing it out. It doesn't mean that we're necessarily critiquing it, uh, but it is something to note that I do think that season 13 is going to be a response. I mean, thinking about what happened to Britta Filter last season, right? Like, uh, it, it it has to all be in the same chapter. Yeah, it's it's an interesting idea because, like, yeah, if they know what kind of feedback these queens get, the queens know what kind of feedback mm-hmm. other queens get. Like, everybody, you know, is aware more and more each season of what the response is going to be to something they're, they're doing in the room. I mean, we can talk about it later, but I think Candy is very aware yeah. of that and you can mm-hmm. see her trying to stay within a, a lane oh and candy's already doing damage duty on twitter so is got mick right like they all have these these things that they probably knew they had to do and now are doing now that the show's oh, on. yeah yeah oh, um God. yeah it's i it's I, I definitely thought that during untucked in particular i was like oh this This is not just, oh, we're going through a pandemic. Let's be nice to each other in this filmed segment of a TV show. This is, you know, I saw what happened to Britta last season. I'm not going to be the, I'm not going to be that this season. Like Mm -hmm. I, I don't think I've ever seen, not only were the, were the judges, you know, unprecedented in their kindness this week, but I have never seen Untucked be such a love fest, especially this early in the season. (laughs) Like, holy macaroni. (laughs) Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm here to see it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love drama. Um, I, but to be honest with you, I love drama that's in quotes, right? Like I love the Gia Gunn versus Trinity drama about Caitlyn Jenner. Like I thought that was fun because Mm -hmm. I saw the wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, there's certain drama that it's contained to the competition. It doesn't matter outside of this bubble. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's something like, oh, you took all the fabric, you know, like it's not, it, it's really no greater character assassination other right. than like, right. you know. Right. Uh, Where did Ariel's wigs go? You know? Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. Like you called her a pig in a wig. It's, you know, probably an exception, but I'm, I'll welcome it. You know? Oh uh, Yeah. Well, that one, that one I think spilled over. Certainly. It did, but it's just, uh, I, every once in a while, I'll, I'll 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 take the petty drama as well. You know? Sure, sure. No, absolutely. Uh, well, with that, Mary, let's jump into this episode two. Congratulations! But before we do, tell our Marys what they are listening to. Well, they are of course listening to another episode of All Right, Mary. All right, Mary. All right, Mary. Which is of course our beady beady little podcast dedicated to all things draggy, queeny, campy, and queer. I'm Johnny, and they voted you out. And I'm Colin, and I feel correct. And uh, yes, we are. We are episode two episodes into season thirteen. No one's gone home. Six of them took a week off. Uh, I by the end, I kind of forgot. I was like, oh yeah, we have like all those other queens that that just are hanging out in their hotel room this week, you know? Yes, yeah, they're, 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 they're trading the USB. Oh, uh, yeah, who brought the USB this who, season? Who like, brought Chuchi's USB? Yeah, Rosé's USB, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, that's some tea. Uh, yeah, they're hanging out uh, in their hotel rooms uh, and, you know, waiting to see if they actually went home. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I 
Because I guess they, at this point, I mean, we're going to know next week because we're going to do, I guess, episode two all over again, but with new queens. Mm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that feels, if it feels repetitive or, or what. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I assume they think, well, we sent Elliot home and so now we're back in the race, you know? Mm-hmm. And, oh, right. And that'll... Okay. Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it, I, I was, I know I said last week, like, oh, they're not going to have a whole episode where like half the queens just aren't even in it. That's crazy. What a waste of queens. Well, <laughs> egg on my kata because <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> You were wrong, and I'm going to tell you why you were wrong. Yeah, um, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So this episode, Mary, coming up after this ad break, we're going to talk about just some strays and flyaways, just some uh, little moments that we saw, little nuances. And then we're going to talk about some emerging narratives and storylines. I cannot wait to talk about Lala Ree emerging as a pizza queen for me. Mm, uh, delicious. You know, obviously, we got got Mick storyline. We have Elliot the Spy to talk about, and then to kind of wrap things up, we're gonna you know make some predictions, talk about our best supporting actress of the episode, mm. uh, and and end it from there. So when we come back, we'll get started. This week on the All Right Mary Patreon. All right, it it's reminding me of All Stars Two. When Michelle pointed out about Alyssa Edwards, she's like, you know, we're all here kikiing about, oh, she's so funny. And, you know, it doesn't matter what she says, doesn't matter what she wears. Oh, but it does. When she walked out, I didn't get Tin Man immediately. I got the, the silver robot in Times Square. Like, I think of Olivia Lux's brand as like Olivia Pope drag. It was not that good. No, I okay. couldn't understand. Actually, honestly, everyone is saying like, oh, I couldn't understand what Candy was saying. Most of them. I couldn't understand their lyrics. And and her when she, when they have to like sell uh, and market something, it'll be Olivia Locks. Oh, maybe yeah, maybe she has bike locks. Maybe Branded, yeah, maybe she's like lock it down a, with Olivia Locks. Olivia Locks. <laughs> it's a it's a home security software. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Olivia Locks. Unpopular opinion. The beginning of this episode where they showed Elliot getting voted out, like that could have been last week. And this week on Only Marys. I mean, she worked. She shut it down. Yeah, she shut it down with the Scorpio Charlotte. It's not like a pageant. It's not with like huge effects and props mm-hmm. and like a uh, you know a whole th- like light show yeah. or d- backup dancers. This is like oh she made this up in her bedroom and now she's coming out. Yeah, and doing it's a queen it. with a mix. I don't know what this move is called, but it's it's when you're playing whack a mole between your legs with your fists. There is a character in every single word. And I have not even gotten up to the close-up part. No. I'm talking about just when this Gates of Heaven joke starts. Lip-syncing. Yes. She is interacting. Yes. While collecting tips. You know, don't dance back, but definitely, like, clap or smile or wag your finger or just give her more money. This this is telling me this is, like, behind an auto zone. To hear the, all that and more, go to patreon.com slash all right, Mary. Welcome back. Well, let's get into some strays and flyaways, some things we loved, some things we noticed, some things we took down in our little notes and saved for the podcast. <laughs> um, I uh, it, One thing I just wanted to kind of say at the top, and, and this is also thinking a bit about last week, but certainly then this week, is just the the sheer volume in two episodes that we've gotten of 
lip syncs and runways. Mm. Like, not for nothing, like, two, you know, you, you can't go wrong. Not you, you, you can go wrong, but, like, those are always welcome. You know, those are always welcome dishes. When I see lip syncs and runways on the menu, that's that's buffalo chicken and pretzel bun, you know? I'm like, yes, I'm, yes, if they, I'm going to have that. So <laughs> the fact that our first two episodes of season 13 gave us buffalo chicken on a pretzel bun, gave us, like, Six buffalo chicken sandwiches on pretzel buns. I appreciate that. I appreciate, and no one went home. I mean, I'm really like, uh, that's like a, that's a side of crispy fries with truffle oil drizzled on. Top. Oh, you oh, <laughs> you bet. And they're like well seasoned. The yes. salt. Oh, I can well see seasoned. the pepper. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes, yes, pepper, salt, mm-hmm. truffle oil, and then you know some Parmesan shreds. Some Parmesan, yeah, because yeah. you know I'm not a monster, yeah. Right. But that's what I feel like I've been getting these first two episodes is like, oh, this is like, no one's ho- no one has to go home. I get to see a ton of looks. I get to see a ton of runways. This is I, let's I can do this all season, you know. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, and I know people are you know poised to complain about nobody going home, but it's like. Hey, calm down, Mary. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, Mary. Um, send them all home. I know, yes. Nicole. I know, I know. Yeah, we know, we know. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a competition. We have lots yeah. of stories to tell. We got a lot yeah. to do. So, Nicole, why don't you just sit tight and maybe next week we'll send you home. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start with you, okay? <laughs> Uh, so, uh, but yeah, no, I agree with you. It, it, the runways, what did you call it? Lip syncs and runways. I feel like that's the name of a coffee table book or, you know, a YouTube channel Mm. and it's, Mm -hmm. you know, just lip syncs and runways or it's like the name of a memoir of RuPaul after, you know, RuPaul's Drag Race goes off TV. Um, you know, a retrospective, if you will, lip syncs and runways. Um, because yeah, that, I mean, there's so many memorable moments uh, that come out of those. And I think what's interesting about watching the runways uh, is that yeah, there's lots of little moments that we could talk about, lots of different fashions that we can talk about. The one kind of detail, and I know that Sister Mary Evan Ross Katz has talked about this, uh, and some people are chiming, starting to chime in about it, but I. I'm waiting for the day that RuPaul or the season that RuPaul's Drag Race puts some designer credit up on the bottom of the screen, much like they do with the lip syncs, for when these queens walk down the runway. Because it's not always the queen that has designed it or uh, sewed it, right? So yeah. you know you have Jade Essence Hall that comes down the runway, you know, and then it's like designer Jade Essence Hall, right? Uh, well, yep. and I would love that, right? Like, show that the that the queen made that look. Yeah. Like, whether it Versus, be another designer or mm-hmm. the queen. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Versus, like, a Christopher Palau or, you know, Florence DeLee or something like that. Where, you know, because a lot of these designers have been doing this for a very long time for Drag Race. And now that these queens know, like, oh, I got to come prepared. I got to, you know, take out loans and whatever and spend $30,000. I mean, it, it all goes back to... One of our talking points on this podcast of like, well, give them a budget so that they're all on the on the same playing field, because, you know, you go back and you look at Monique Hart uh, versus season 10 girls, you know, like an Aquaria uh, or you have an Aiden Zane. Right. Like there's there is certainly a difference. And. And, and and it also comes down to, like, commissioning these designers to do it for you. And I think that on a show like this, where there are 
three looks that they're giving out it's like yeah i want to know that uh, like who is also being represented which other queer person or other person is being represented on this tv show i think it just makes sense yeah i think it's you know it it i i think yeah it just makes sense because so often you are going to be featuring someone else's work is like why not have that credit the same way yeah they're going to credit a lip sync song i think to your point about like different types of drag or levels of drag in terms of budget you know it's interesting how that kind of came up in untucked with lala Ree because she was mm-hmm. like you know i was feeling a little unsure about the runways because you know everyone was coming out with these like these looks these costumes and mine were more just about you know creating kind of a realness and an illusion and whatnot mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um and then i guess it was maybe it was candy who had said you know like at the end of the day like it's how you sell it. It's yes. who you are in that look. And I love that. I thought, yes, like that is so true. And and there's there's probably some situations, you know, it makes me think of like if there was a real like, you know, avant-garde runway challenge. Like I could see there, you know, it, it being hard to kind of keep up if your looks are more simple. But I don't think that that's necessarily like, oh, well, you're definitely going to be in the bottom then or you definitely have to have a $20,000 budget. But I I. I love that that did kind of come up this week and that it's true at the end of the day, you know, at least a significant amount of your look is about how you're wearing it, is how you're selling the garment. Absolutely. It goes to kind of something that I love when uh, for a first challenge is when it's a design challenge because it, it forces the queens to show who they are with the same amount of time and resources as the other competitors Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. in that sense that's when i like that to come first but you know i get that they're doing a lip sync and then runway show uh episode rather uh you know to also show that um in kind of an easier way but this very very much could have been a design challenge right they could have oh i mean yeah like that's the thing is like the the I, I guess what would what would kind of come maybe maybe it, there'd be some mozzarella sticks or something or or a queso dip or some I, apparently I'm at a Chili's but uh, what I'm thinking of is a design challenge is kind of like oh yeah let's get an, let's get an order of that as well oh I always love that yeah like sometimes it's a mess like an awesome blossom it's usually sometimes it's a mess but like mm, mm. I'm, I'm I'll always dig in awesome. I love a design challenge I love seeing yeah. especially yeah. unconventional materials mm-hmm. like yeah it's like I wouldn't be mad if that came up soon in this season it's a it, it creates a baseline and a standard mm-hmm. I just and also it allows the queens to kind of really work the runway as well even if they're mm-hmm. wearing you know uh, some swimmies you know or some right uh, right an umbrella yeah and you know exactly, a, yeah exactly yeah. you know and some filters yeah yeah exactly um, um one uh, stray flyaway kind of thing that i think we need to discuss are those balloons during the performance challenge <laughs> i mean it was almost comedic the way they just went flying up i was like well what what did that have to do with anything well they were socially distancing of course <laughs> Is that, oh, is that what that was? was? Were those balloons meant to keep all the queens six feet away from each other? <laughs> They're going up to see Monique's heart's wig on the rafters. <laughs> oh, yes, of course. Yes. The, the thing, like, it, like, just cut to the rafters of RuPaul's Drag Race and all the things that are up there. Uh, Cynthia, Lee, Cynthia Lee Fontaine's shoe, Monique Hart, a couple of her wigs are up there. Uh, Seven balloons. Desperation, you know. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, those are some messy rafters. 
Uh, you know, that's like makes me think of like, you know, when you go to like a United States or some kind of birthday, you know, theme place. If you look up in the rafters, like all of the Mylar balloons that have mm, gone to die in the rafters. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, some of them have popped, but like are stuck on a raft. Yes. Right. It's, yeah. it's still an elephant's graveyard of, of <laughs> birthdays past. Yeah. You know, I do wonder if the prop master just had limited hours due to COVID. Like, I feel like that's, you know, probably mm. an excuse there. Uh, yeah. Because they, like, they blew up just seven balloons this. and then went home. You know, that's all they yeah. had to do. Uh, and then, you know, the other thing is, is that they looked like... The other thing is they, they they didn't necessarily look like balloons. They looked like metal balls, right? So they looked like those yeah. physics balls. I can't remember the name of it that are Zen on a 1997 CEO's desk in a corner office. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. The, 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 the click clack that go from side to side. Click um, clack, yes. Yeah, yeah, the click clack. Uh, see if they Guess did who's click back clack, in the house, right? Yeah, yeah. They should have done click clack and had those balls. I wear no one called us. Yeah. <laughs> No one called us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, the other thing is you could you could make the sex joke that there were season 13's anal beads, but they were obviously social distanced. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. They, which, you know, anal beads, that's a nice, safe option, um, you know, during these COVID times. I oh, endorse sure. that. Toys. OK, yeah. for sure. For sure. Um, yeah. So anyway, I, I wanted to just mention those balloons because they were never to be seen again. <laughs> no. And thematically had nothing to do with the rest of the performance. Oh, I disagree. I disagree. Congratulations. Balloons for a celebration? But they didn't read to me as balloons. It read to me. You're like, right. I You're thought, right. I didn't think yeah. we were supposed to know they were balloons. I thought like, that was like the gag of like, whoop, and then they're gone. <laughs> you, you know, the, it's not like they, know, the, they, the, the, uh, yeah, the, 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 what is that sound that they make on RuPaul's Drag Race that's like, when it's a joke, it's like, whoop. Right. Oh, oh, uh, yes. The little zip. Yeah. <laughs> zip. The little zip. A miracle whip. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, other strays flyaways you got, Mary. Um, you know, I wanted to just mention uh, what one of the things I picked up, of course, was RuPaul. He was there were a lot of references this episode and there's a lot of references every episode. But I just. You know, I, I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. <clears throat> I'll never stop saying it. But like, if we don't make these references, we lose these references. And there is just something to be said for knowing how big this show has gotten. That here is this gay man on television quoting Joan Crawford in Mommy Dearest, mm. uh, name dropping Rose Nyland, mm. uh, making a pun on Mother May I Sleep with Danger. Like, uh. Yes, I am just so glad that someone is keeping these like old references, you know, I'm Rose Nyland. Hopefully that's not I mean, it's an old reference, but it's not, you know, a dated one. But uh, I you know, whatever that whatever that weather guy or whatever that he was quoting during the runways, uh, there's a hundred percent chance of I don't know. That, that, I'm assuming that's like an L.A. weatherman. But sure, sure. <laughs> but just you know what I mean? Like the fact that like. It's one of the things I think when the show was smaller that was just part of the the show, but now that it's so much bigger, I love that these obscure queer campy references are still getting airtime. You know, of course, that's her. That's where she goes. I mean, even right up to her joke that she made, like, "Oh, I used to go there." Right after the Civil War, she's mm-hmm. just always on top of it. She is so good at the volleys. You know, I oh, I, I just yeah. think it is such. A sign of intelligence when you can think that quickly and have that kind of arsenal 
of quips to come right back. I mean, she's just there yeah. all the time, which I think yeah. is really interesting. And those are the moments that those are not like, you know, scripted lines she's getting from the earpiece. No, no. Like this is this is just we, we've heard RuPaul joke like this on the podcast. This is just typical RuPaul. Yeah. Yes. That's where she goes. That's where she yeah. goes. Um, we should also mention we have a well, we didn't mention it last week, but we can induct two new fingers to Drag Race. Yeah. Uh, last week, yeah. obviously, it was Simone's, you know. Dialing up with her finger during dialing up the crown, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) dialing up the crown. So, if for Marys that don't know, uh, episode one ninety five, I had to go back and look it up. We did an episode called "The Top Ten Fingers of Drag Race." Uh, Give it a listen if you're curious. We we just kind of discuss some honorable mentions, but how fingers on this show or in terms of a drag queen are very important. And the one that I would like to induct from this episode is Candy. Pointing at Elliot saying, and they voted you out is so it was. Yes. Uh, I yeah. just was like, OK, remember that you could make a line drawing of that, you know, and mm-hmm. you would know what that sounded like or what that was. Uh, yeah. Pointing and it's candy Elliot. like in 30 percent drag, you mm-hmm. know, like mm-hmm. maybe 15, you know, it's. Yes. Yeah. I, I love that that state of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, you know, that whole, you know. I, I was the whole Elliot narrative. I was calling it Dogville with two T's, you know, where it's like Elliot comes in and it's just kind of like everyone is suspicious of him, of her, and you know, and eventually we she can't continue referencing that movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh no! Okay, make Candy uh... watch. <laughs> Tell her you'll stop if she doesn't cry. <laughs> All right, Mary. Yes, yes. No, I totally get what you're saying. But we'll talk about that uh, more uh, when we talk about some storylines. Just yeah. some other, uh, you know, twists and turns. Tina, during the rehearsal, was giving me Chanel all the boys say kind of Oh, energy. yes. All that was missing was the breathlessness, but yes. <laughs> yes, exactly, um, exactly. Uh, I, which I really appreciated. There was um, – we also – We'll talk about La La Ree later, actually. I'll, I'll kind of put yes. that apart. But Tina yes. also, I, yeah. uh, during the dance rehearsal, um, the dance rehearsal is usually very boring. I was actually kind of into the dance rehearsal this week because we did get, you know, Tina Burner uh, with uh, Hey Juilliard, you know, just kind of calling her out. Um, and La La Ree, obviously the La La Ree eyes, which I think is, you know, a tote bag waiting to happen. And then obviously the rehearsal turns to focus on this very interesting storyline that we'll talk about later about Got Mick um, and gender dysphoria. Um, but uh, so so another uh, stray fly away. Yeah, sorry. I'm, I keep walking into a door and then I need to leave it. So... <laughs> Oh, because you're like we're going to talk about that later. We're yes, going to talk about yes, that later. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes. Um, yes, because you know we're we're trying this no, this whole new structure here. Something I will say uh, that I noticed in general this episode. It's so interesting to me how Simone was such a supporting character this whole episode mm. until Act Three, mm. and I and I love it. I because it it actually made it feel more impactful, like the recognition of her star power because. She isn't the star of the episode. They're not, you know, just playing her up. Like she, she doesn't have any real narratives directly. And I, and I felt like then for her to just like, in the performance, just like jump out and get recognized for it. And for RuPaul to say so early on, like you're a star. Like oh, you've got star, star power. Star 
quality, or star yeah. quality. Like you got it, kiddo. I, right. and then obviously to win. I mean, I just, I love that. I just that was such a. We've seen that happen before where like, oh, a queen is not really the featured character of an episode and then she is the featured part of the, the you know, the elimination or the win. Uh, and sometimes it feels strange, but this time, oh, it was such a, it was just such a goop. I, I love that. I was like, man, we're not really seeing too much of Samoan this week. I, I guess she's just going to be safe. And then she was anything I, but. Oh, oh, exactly. Well, what was so interesting is that she was, she just killed it with all of her looks, right? She came out. Yeah. For both looks during the mini challenge, and it was just like impeccable. Like the daytime drag was her her runway walk is so vivacious. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like there's mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. attitude that's also interesting to her fashion. It's not just fashion that I might not understand. She makes me understand it by how she walks in it, which I loved. Um, and then right down to her runway look, the I love the idea of like, well, she came here to fight, right? This is this is how you say, I just came to fight, right? Um, right, yeah, this is another <laughs> way of saying that. Yeah, another and way also to, to stand out on the runway, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, oh totally. I, Totally. I, I I really thought that was uh, she just uh, oh I just maybe that was my phone something oh yeah Lyft is telling me fifty percent off your next ride I don't leave the house Lyft um uh but yeah no I uh I, her runways in the in the sort of you know fashion show it, overall I kind of approached that fashion show of thinking you know instead of looking at each look and trying to decide if I like it or if it works, like what the fuck do I know? Like Mm -hmm. ultimately, right? Like I definitely know less than any of these people. So what if I just appreciated each look and said, Oh, that's okay. That's what they did. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Right. You know, and, um, and just kind of let them exist and, and, you know, didn't question the glory hole and candy muses look, you know, (laughs) but in particular with Simone, I, I mean, her first look, I, you know, I love the early nineties of it, but the second look, it was like, yes, that is what 1999 looked like. That, mm. Like, cause she makes like a matrix reference. And I was like, yes, I don't know why that makes sense to me, but I get what you're doing. And it's to your point. It's like, she made the look make sense to me, even when I don't, you know, have an interest in fashion, you know, it's totally. And with the fighter look, the fact that she had a moment in that lip sync where she proverbially and literally took off her gloves. Mm. It, it's like I, I, mm-hmm. to have a gloves off moment. Oh my God. Oh, and the and, way she did it, oh. like just the, it was so casual and conversational. Yes. Oh, and like, and the falling the robe beat. off on the uh-huh. words. I am falling. Oh my God. Uh. Well, even like to that point, like uh, during the runway walk in the in the boxer look when she came out, the way the hood slipped down mm. off of her hair, I was like, "Oh, you bitch! Oh, I oh, love you that! Bitch. Right, right? Oh, it's you bitch! Paul to detox, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, you... okay. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, and like you know, I mean, speaking of detox on the runway, I give it to Tina Burner. Uh, she definitely competed mm. for. Uh, <laughs> Uh, a silver look for a memorable silver look on the runway. She definitely tried to convince us that she needed a heart. Um, well, I, I, I mean, have unpopular opinions about that. I look. thought you might. I thought you might. Yeah, so. I do. I do. And, and, and granted, 
I gotta say, I love the Wizard of Oz, and I love that she did that look. So there's, I, I can have two, I can say both things, and I'll say the other one on on popular opinions. But uh, yes, you're right. No, I'm happy to have a Wizard of Oz reference on any fucking runway. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I want more runways with that are Wizard of Oz reference. Like I, I'll never tire of that as a reference point. Yes. <laughs> um, the. The, the, yeah, the runway itself, you know, uh, it was fine. Um, uh, it's yeah. not really a, a flyaway or a stray there. It's just that's I didn't have mu- like I didn't have much to say. Yeah, I just didn't have much. I mean, it was, you know, instead of like I yeah, I just was like it was sort of taking a different approach of, you know, there's elements of the show that I love. I like to critique and dig into and have strong opinions on. But like the reality of the situation when it comes to the runways, it's like. I'm making like emotional responses to things, but it's kind of drag race is really fun when you don't decide whether a queen is a boot or a toot, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah. yeah. It's kind of lovely to just be like, okay, that's what you wore. You know, um, <laughs> it's like I'm treating everyone like a pizza queen, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, one little stray flyaway that I think that we should discuss is candy muse crying and untucked and just how that tear came down. Oh, yeah. I mean, I might have an unpopular opinion about oh, that. Okay. All right. Know. Fair. Well, um, we'll 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 save that, but that was certainly a uh, you know, a little a little thing that I noticed. Um mm. I also did love there was a very little moment and you probably missed it. So <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I I am just thinking I think I feel like most people miss things cuz I'm so weird. But so mm-hmm. RuPaul comes in and she's introducing the challenge and she's like, "Oh yeah, the your nighttime look that says I'm a whore. Can you pull that off?" And then Got Mick says, "Every day." <laughs> yeah, I missed that. Yeah, I know. Um, I know you did. <laughs> yeah. I did notice that when RuPaul did the plug for the Work the World tour, then they 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 cut to Elliot with two T's giving me like bank teller realness with that little finger. Oh, I didn't, I missed that. So yeah, you probably missed that. That's <laughs> all. You probably missed that. Most people would. So no big deal. Um, uh, <laughs> um, uh, speaking of people that I've missed, or I'm always happy to see. I'm always happy to see Jamal Sims. So mm. interesting that he wasn't actually there to teach them choreography you know, another twist, another change. But like, I also love when he teaches choreography. So I wouldn't have minded that at all. Well, he gives us camp counter realness, which I know kind of activates uh, a sexual energy in you, Mary. So Daddy Sims. Mm. Yes, Daddy Sims. Yeah. Yes. Daddy Sims. Yeah. Um, yeah. In my I, fantasy, it's like Uncle Sims. So <laughs> I mean, listen, if he's got a brother, I'll take that too, you know? <laughs> Please, I, I don't. I got time for a family reunion if they do. Oh, brother! Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Jamal the merrier, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I, uh, I'm just. I think he's a great energy, and I think, um, yeah, it's exactly. It's all that. I just want. I just want to make Jamal Sims proud of me. That's all. One final uh, flyaway stray thing that I saw was got mixed t-shirt during the rehearsal where it, he was wearing a shirt that said the geography of human contact, which mm-hmm. I was like, what is that from? What is that from? It's a Hedwig and the angry inch reference. And I just, I love that the geography of human contact, the triangulation of a pair of eyes on my face, the latitude and longitude of a hand on my body. These are the only clues I have to my place in the world to who I am. 
And I'm like, okay, right on brand. Thank you, God, Mick, for being on the show, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, and I I think that'll be interesting, you know, if uh, she's going to pull, like, an Alaska and, like, every week have, like, a piece of workroom clothing with a message, you know? Mm, yeah, totally. Because uh, that's, you know, that's a big part of it. It's like, I feel like um, what you wear in the workroom is another look, uh, on Drag mm, Race. Right. Oh, totally. Totally. We noticed you that know, with Shea Coulee on All Stars. Exactly. Right. Whereas, like, this season, I'm noticing, like, Candy Muse's little running shorts. I love those shorts. <laughs> I and, love those and, shorts. And we also have commented uh, ad nauseum, it seems, on Laganja's choices when she walks in the room. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A potholder, a mustache, a no smoking sign. <laughs> One uh, season had a lot of overalls, yes, and I was yes, over right. all of them. <laughs> I think that was like season ten. I can feel like it was. Season yeah, 10 or I feel, I, yeah, I feel like I feel like Ben de la Creme may have worn them on All Stars three as well. Oh, I see, I see. You know. Well, Mary, you know, since we're kind of there, let's talk about Got Mick's uh, storyline here. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about the way that this narrative was presented and how it played out, but I kept thinking, uh, you know, the ways in which it reminded me of and had evolved from uh, the Monica Beverly Hills narrative from season five. Mm. And it, cause there is a similar moment in rehearsal where, you know, there's like a talking, like obviously we, we see what happens with Got Mick and, you know, kind of hearing the lyrics and getting thrown, but there's that talking head from Tina saying, you know, and Mick seems, you know, seems like there's some sort of internal conflict. I don't know what's going on. And it, <clears throat> that was kind of some of the same notes that happened with Monica. It was like, Oh, she seems to be, you know, there's something going on. Like she seems to be distracted, and uh, it, and it became obviously something that a secret that kind of played out through much of the episode, and then obviously was revealed on the runway. And I think there was a lot of concern of like how she'd be received and how people would respond to her, and and it was so interesting with Got Mick where it wasn't. It, it was never played as like, oh, will I be accepted? Or like, what will happen if I tell them? It was more of just, I want to share this on my own terms, you mm -hmm. know? And mm -hmm. more of like navigating that kind of internal, you know, struggle or that internal, you know, challenge versus like worrying if my secret got out, you know? And and the way that it does play out in the workroom it's never about the other queens hearing about it or discovering it. It's more about them just being present for uh, for him in the workroom. Uh, I, I thought it was just really, it was just fascinating. I think when you look at those two narratives, the way this one just felt so different, like such an evolution in a way. T definitely. And what I also found interesting about it is that there was so much mental work that Gottmik did on his own that we didn't even see. And yeah. I think that's mm -hmm. the other thing to kind of point out is like, yeah, it was nice that we got to see it in uh, an hour long episode, this journey of uh, gender dysphoria into, OK, I'm a little bit better now and I got to come out on my own terms with with these cast members. But there was a lot in between that happened inside of his head that we did not get to see. So I also mm. appreciated that. And I felt like they tried to at least show that the effect that they you know showing got Mick getting kind of a little lost on stage and kind of stuck. And there's these mm. moments of just like shots of him just being, you know, as he said, like paralyzed. And I thought just to show some examples, cause there are, I'm sure there are so many people watching that, that even in those like two or three seconds, we're like, I know exactly what's going on right yeah, now. You right, know, like right. 
and I think that's super valuable, you know, even if they're just showing some like examples without like really, you know, spending more time mm-hmm. than a few seconds on it. So mm-hmm. right, um, right, right. Like it was, yeah, and, we didn't need to see shots of him in his hotel room crying or anything like that. Mm-hmm. We didn't need to see any of that, uh, that stuff, but just the shot of him wearing that shirt that said the geography of human contact. And if you know the reference, and you're there with him. Like, I, it was very, very powerful television at that point. Yeah. And I, I like the conversation with Olivia about pronouns because it's like mm. I could even seem in myself of like, oh, like being hesitant about calling Got Mick she. And because it's like, oh, I don't, oh, don't want to, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, misstep. But it's like, oh, no, if Got Mick is in drag and you're calling her he then you're you're clocking, you're clocking her you know yeah, it was like oh yeah of course duh right it's the same thing got it and so it's that was all handled really well and yeah. and, and didn't good for the feel, fandom right yeah yeah didn't feel like heavy social justice corner i felt like it was done really uh really well totally yeah the, the other storyline I think that I found really interesting that we can talk briefly about is Elliot the Spy. Uh, this is a little yes. bit lighter, obviously, than Got Nicks. Yeah, Elliot. Now that this is an int- I'm I'm curious if this is going to be if Elliot is going to be kind of a you know early in the season narrative. Like you know I think of I'm not you know no oh, here's that disclaimer I'm not comparing queens but you know you think like the Aiden and the Britta drama that was that was over by halfway through the season you know mm-hmm. because so you know what i mean like all of that it, it that was not going to go on the whole season the way like a fifi and a sharon drama was going to oh go on God. all season yeah right. so or i tyra wonder, versus the cast right yeah exactly so i wonder with elliot like elliot is in these in this episode was sort of a main character and there was a lot of elliot's narrative i wonder are we going to follow elliot throughout the season like this this kind of you know is this going to be a long-term story, or are we just getting a lot of Elliot early on because we're not going to have much Elliot later? You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I think that it was for this episode, and now it's over, right? Like, I just don't think it was, you know, we had Elliot the Spy and Tina the Detective, and that was it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Tina, yeah. Tina sniffing out a rat. Well, I mean, and it's a rat. <laughs> and it's so, and it was, it was so forced. It was so, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it was interesting how once they got the real story, it was it was sort of like, well, geez, they all just like eliminated you on surface judgment. That sucks. I guess mm. we could be nice to you. I guess we don't have to be that way. You know, right. like it was it was such a it was such a moment. It was such a, a learning moment of like, oh, it must really hurt to be rejected, you know, on surface value. <laughs> You're one of us now, sis. You know. Yeah. No, I I, I appreciated the. The camped up storyline with like Candy and Elliot and Elliot kind of coming for Candy and then Candy yeah. having this like, what did she call her? She called her the big bad wolf. Uh, I love it oh. when people pronounce wolf as wolf. Uh, it's really cute, actually. If you think of a wolf as just a big bad wolf. Yeah, that's really it's. Yeah, it, it's sort of like an onomatopoeia. Oh, that's a big bad wolf over there. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I you know, I, I it's worth discussing very briefly that Elliot came for candy and saying like oh you know if you come in saying you know that your your mom was on the season you're the daughter of so-and-so they usually go home early you know candy got all upset but if candy knew her history she could have just come back and said well jan sport is alexis's daughter 
she went far. Aquaria won, and she's Sharon Needles' daughter. Miss Cracker went really far, and she's Bob the Drag Queen's daughter. So it's like yeah. if, if all Candy needed was just a little bit more ammunition. Um, I will say the point is very good that Elliot gave. Like, if you come in talking about your pedigree or your resume, honestly, like, mm-hmm. you know, if that's all you got on the first week, I don't know. Then maybe yeah. you're a little insecure here. There's a difference between, like, oh, it just so happens you're Sharon's drag daughter, like, versus coming in wearing the family crest and feeling like that's going to kind of, you know, that that means anything. Mm. Uh, I mean, to be clear, Elliot handled this produced producer prompted question very well. Like this was not Elliot's. This was the producers. They, they were like, get her Jade, you know, like they got in there and, and, and it's, I think from a producer narrative, like story editor, you know, standpoint, like I would want that conversation to happen. This is where I appreciate feeding the queens some questions or lines. Cause it's like, yeah, bring that up because I don't want to keep hearing about, you know, from any queen. I don't want to keep hearing about, you know, their past sisters or, or family mm-hmm. members who've been on the show. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Like, you know, I, I want to like with Rose, I don't I don't care what happened to Jan. That was season 12. What are you going to do? And I think right. it's the same with Candy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The Elliot as outsider storyline, I think will continue when the bottom queens come back. Well, because, that's yeah. You know, there's, uh-huh. that's like a great survivor storyline. Yeah. Like, that's happened before where they yeah. like vote somebody out and then it turns out, oh, well, they're going to be your tribe's captain. You know, right, right. I feel like this is like All Stars too, and Elliot's behind the mirror, and <laughs> the other girls are Fifi. So, you know, you're that girl. I knew you were Rose. Yeah, you know? yeah. You're those girls. I knew you were. Yeah. If you're Elliot, you are. You should feel happy for this storyline being put into your lap. That oh, I was mm-hmm. voted out, and now I have quote unquote something to prove. Uh, and I have this drama with the other girls, that should be a sign, actually, not that you're going to be gone very early. Uh, It could fizzle out, and you're going to be kind of a middle, but you do have a storyline. There is going to be some sort of focus on you, and I think think that's good. Well, and I, you know, Rue, once again, we see Rue this week talking about, you know, really liking Elliot's aesthetic and, and, you know, expose is the new El Barge, you know, like <laughs> constantly comparing her to expose. Totally. Um, yes. And I just feel like that's, there's something about that, that Rue is seeing something in Elliot um, that we're being reminded of that more than once, you know? Right. Uh, right. And so that's what's making me wonder like, huh, Okay. You know, the fact that Elliot was voted off because of how she looked, and we've been repeatedly told by RuPaul how much he loves the, her look, mm. you know, uh, I don't think it's arbitrary. That's an interesting story, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we should talk about La La Ree on this episode, because La La Ree didn't really get a big spotlight, uh, but... You know, if we're going to talk about BSA contenders later, La La Ree's eyes during that rehearsal, that's what made that rehearsal interesting, was all the eye rolls looking back and forth, almost kind of breaking the fourth wall in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was laughing so hard. And and that just began the, the journey I'm having with La La Ree and falling completely head over heels for her. Oh, yeah. La La Ree, I... It almost navigates Pizza Queen territory because yes. I, I, I find that I'm 
I'm not really, I'm less and less concerned about how she looks because I'm just enjoying every time she shows up in a commentary in the talking heads. Like I love her commentary. Mm. I want her to be the commentator of this season. I think she's so good at it. Uh, she just got this real charm about her and this real warmth about her. I just, I, uh, you know, uh, I just I like Lala Ree. I like Bart. Like I just uh I like yeah. Trixie. Yeah, I like Trixie. Like I just I'm really uh I I loved her banter with RuPaul. I love that she called it the Marquette, you know. Oh like yes, the... of course. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, totally. there there's just there's something about her that uh it's like, oh yeah, I did not I didn't pick up any of this <clears throat> in the Meet the Queens, and and no, I'm like, oh, how did I not see this queen is so charming, you know? Mm-hmm. The the talking head I loved. This is the kind of shit you can find in a parking lot on the south side of Atlanta, and yep. you don't want to go to the south side of Atlanta, baby. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, and I love because she'll she'll it'll be kind of like a like a like a funny ramble, you know what I mean? Like her mm. the way that she delivers those lines, and you don't know where it's gonna go, and it's great. Yeah. Right. Like, like even when she was talking about her, her, you know, gold cellophane look, Willy Wonka, golden ticket mm-hmm. situation. I was like, yes. Okay. Just, yeah. Just have uh, my ringtone be Lala Ree saying Willy Wonka. <laughs> That's all I'm asking for. Yeah. <laughs> this is pizza queen territory though. So it's like, it's, it's really uh, is. It's just yeah. something that it's very hard to kind of understand. I will say I also loved loved two moments with Lala Ree and Untucked when when she was kind of queening out over being complimented by Michelle. Mm. She was like, oh my God, it's like Michelle saying that, right? The way yeah. she said Michelle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I yeah, that was such a that was a great little moment. That was like a great kind of like micro social justice corner moment mm-hmm. uh, of just, <laughs> you know, just having Michelle like sing the praises of her skin tone. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. And then even the the it's not pronounced lame, it's pronounced LeMay. You know, that's what I learned. I was like, girl, I just love you. I just yeah. love everything about you. Yeah, the, I'm 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 here. I'm glad that she's getting positive feedback. I'm here to see more of her. Mm. Uh, I, you know, I want to know what she's going to do in Snatch Game. Yeah. Uh, I will say, I think with this structure, and I think that part of it is, you know, this this queening out on Lala Ree and some of these other queens is like the fact that we really spent this episode only with seven queens. It's crazy how early into the season we are and how attached I've gotten. You know, it's going to make the whenever they start eliminating queens, it's going to get hard. Oh, totally. Totally. I mean, Lala Ree said the start of Untucked, like they're not going to catch me crying on camera. And then literally 10 minutes later, she's crying after saying she wasn't going to get crying on camera. Right. Like that to me is an editor understanding and reading the room. And I love it. And I love that it's Lala Ree. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that's a storyline that I'm kind of interested to see more of, to see how they handle Lala Ree's charm, uh, mm-hmm. and, and how they showcase it. Yeah. And they've got a lot of charming people in the room, you know? I mean, oh, I no. feel like of these Queens, like I, I feel like Lala Ree, obviously Simone, Simone, Olivia, like just people like oh, the three of them, Olivia, I think are Jesus. real stars in the room. Oh God, Olivia, you know, she didn't wow me on the runway, but again, it's that smile. I, mm-hmm. She's so gorgeous. And during the, not for nothing, during the performance, like she was wearing this like RuPaul look and she yeah. can sing like this. Olivia really, while she didn't stand out this episode, she wasn't supposed to. She's you're, you're still like, oh, I love her, you know? 
Well, I think that now it's kind of, I think that's another emerging narrative is, you know, Olivia as, as an underdog. I think she mm. uh, certainly comes across as a real sweetheart and, and you know, the narrative is being pushed that she's not a threat. So I expect that to be a continued narrative because Olivia is also the kind of queen that, like, you want to root for, you know? So uh, I'm, I'm all for Olivia, you know, proving these queens wrong each week. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, there, there are no bottoms this week, only tops. Um, yeah, so. just a whole bunch of tops. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, this is a this is a great season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like uh, I don't know. It's like we're we're searching. I was on either. season thirteen. So many tops. Um, <laughs> so many tops. Uh, well, yeah. So anyway, when we come back, we'll we'll make some predictions. But we're gonna take a quick little break right now. Mm. You know what I love? What's that, Mary? I love therapy. Oh, you love her. Love her, need her. Can't get enough of her, which is why we love BetterHelp. That's H-E-L-P. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed professional therapist safely and privately. You can be matched with someone within 24 hours. Tinder wishes. And with phone or video sessions available, scheduling a session is as easy as ordering a pizza. And I do love pizza. I also love that you can send a message to your counselor at any time and actually get a response. And if you want to change counselors, no problem. It's both free and easy. BetterHelp is available worldwide, and their counselors are licensed and trained in everything from depression and anxiety to grief, relationships, sleep, self-esteem, and more. There are so many people using BetterHelp right now. They've recruited more counselors in all 50 states. It's more affordable than traditional in-person talk therapy, and there's even financial aid available if you need. Marys, if you're interested in trying BetterHelp, get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash allrightmary, and that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. That's right. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. That's betterhelp.com slash allrightmary. And again, that's H-E-L-P. Well, you know, I I think this is a good opportunity to name our BSA of the week, which we didn't do last week. And for anyone who doesn't know, BSA of the week, this is a moment, a person in the episode who just stands out, who steals the show. Uh, I had, you know, I had a runner-up and a winner. Um, my BSA of the week was almost Ross during, at the end of the fashion show when he, like, leans on his little elbows and goes to Michelle, can I borrow a little change? I don't know why that was so funny to me, but it was just perfect. It was it was akin to Alexis Mateo. It's crazy, right? Like it was just right. this little, right. like normal way of saying something. Can I borrow a little change? So that was, it's it it won the Golden Globe essentially. You know, it practically won BSA the week. But Can I keep her. Yeah. No. He yeah. Had a lot of good yeah. Yeah. He was great. Uh, but I mean, as discussed, BSA the week, Lalo Ree in yes. rehearsal. Yes. Yeah. La La Reed rehearsal and and then you know spilling over and untucked for sure. But La La Reed rehearsal mm-hmm. absolutely stealing, stealing that show, making that first half of rehearsal before Got Mick kind of emerged into the spotlight, uh, mm-hmm. making that first half of rehearsal kind of like bearable. Because I don't yeah. want to hear people arguing and you know learning. Chor- it's just for filler. It seems on yeah. so many other episodes, but this one seemed like was made meaningful with La La Reed. So I agree. For it. Yes, I agree. Um, 
Well, in terms of, I mean, we've we've talked about Pizza Queen, and I, I have to do it every week, is what's a Pizza Queen? A Pizza Queen is a queen that we love, regardless of how she does in the challenge or how she looks on the runway, because much like pizza, we love it even when it's not good. I'm screwing it up, but we love pizza, just like Selena. I love pizza. <laughs> <laughs> so long as she I get the Selena line out, queen, I don't care. Pizza queen, pizza queen. She's um, a pizza queen. Anyway, she's uh, yes. a pizza queen. <laughs> uh, Lala is giving me definite pizza queen energy this week. Um, Simone is still kind of a pizza queen because I'm just so fucking excited uh, to see her. You know, again, it's the Sasha Valore effect, though. It's like. Can the winner be a pizza queen? You know what I mean? And I know. It, I, it's I, like, I, right. It, it's mm-hmm. hard to say. It's hard to crown. And Olivia, obviously, uh, is, is certainly in my book um, mm-hmm. as someone to keep mm-hmm. watching in that sense. Um, but yeah, no, I I wasn't expecting it from La La Rie. And, and here we are. Here we are. Yeah. I, I love this surprise. Um, you know, it's it's still too early to tell for me. I mean, commentator, Lalaurie, like mm-hmm. hands down. They're wasting their time if they have anybody else. But well, it's Tina, important. Tina, to- Tina, I think, is a good commentator because it's flawed often and it's bitchy. Uh, so I'm kind of like into that. I see. And I'm, two things. One, I was kind of seeing her more as like narrator energy, oh. I feel like. But two, I'm also forgetting this is only one group of girls. Right. You know, so I'm only, right. you know, it could be none of them, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I think in that other group, Mary, I mean, I know we love Utica. I love Rosé. I know. I. Neither of them are narrator or commentator. Uh, and and the others I don't think are going to last that long. I mean, granted, I do love Tamisha and, I, you know, she's got some pizza queen energy to her, but. I don't know if they're going to last long enough to prove themselves to narrate the whole season. And it, we got to find like a Katia um, or a Bianca for that matter to narrate or commentate. Well, we could be eating these words. I, mm. I don't, I, we might have not said this about Lala Ree not long ago about this how much we're ready to see her stick around. So totally, you never know. You never uh, know what well, we're going to find out next week, I guess. Who would you have put on the bottom of this episode? You know, I, I think it, it was probably going to be, I mean, Candy was in the bottom and then the closest I think would, would be got Mick, but it would be really only like as a kind of somebody else has got a lip sync against her, you know? Um, I hear that and I can't imagine putting got Mick on the bottom with the three looks that I she know. presented this week. So for me, it would have been Tina. Because to be honest with you, like Tina's verse wow. was written well. It just wasn't performed well. I didn't like any of Tina's runway looks. Uh, and I had a, or, or yeah, like mini challenge looks. And then her runway, like I was like, well, I have some problems with it. I, girl, I got notes. Uh, so yeah, I would have wow. put Tina on the bottom versus Candy and put two New York girls against each other to ensure that one New York girl goes home. Well, now that is our Patreon-only Unpopular Opinions episode <laughs> spilling into the main feed. Wow. Because sure. I got to sure. say, and we can talk about it on that episode, but I think I agree with Michelle when I say that the, like, the the, the Tina Burner kind of, like, uh, uh, the, the hype, she's been living up to it as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I, You know, I, that look when she was rapping, I just... I don't know how you can really look away from that. Um, it's similar to my feelings on Priyanka during the 
design your own look challenge on Canada's Drag Race. It's like, how did she get away with wearing a piece of oak tag literally stapled to her waist, right? And then, you know, two episodes later, she wins the season. Um, Oak tag. Oak (laughs) tag. Oak tag. Giving me, like, sixth grade science project realness. Yes. Oak tag. (laughs) But anyway, you know, I just... I would have put Tina in the bottom. That's all. And I know that Tina would have done well. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, do really well. She did. It was written very well. I just didn't love how it was performed. So, again, if we're talking about, you know, performance versus looks and and whatever, you have to be able to perform it. You have to be able to live in it. And I I wasn't impressed with Tina's. And I feel like it was Tina and Candy that were the low points. Got Mick looked fantastic for the entire episode and the performance her performance was not that you know it wasn't that bad i didn't think it was that bad it just you know she didn't she didn't do splits and stuff like that you know she did some turns it was fine yeah no i don't know i uh it's interesting how much i mean the the judges are definitely feeling seemingly the exact opposite about tina and Mm. um my prediction is you know get comfy because yeah, we're gonna have that's true. we're gonna see Tina all season. That's true. That's very true. Uh, any other thoughts on predictions, Mary, or commentator, or anything like that? Um, I think that that's uh, no. I feel like you know. I mean, in terms of, I think that like we're seeing an emerging narrative of like Candy needing to kind of prove herself, and I expected that. Uh, and I, I'm. There's almost a part of me that like Simone is getting such praise and such recognition so early on that it almost makes me nervous. Mm. Uh, but like she is, I, there has rarely been a queen to emerge to the front of the pack so quickly and so confidently as Simone, in my opinion. I like I've rarely been so sure about a queen in the second episode. The only, well, I think for us certainly, but the the one it seems like that I would compare her to in terms of energy straight out the gate uh, is Aquaria. RuPaul was talking about Aquaria like this mm, back in season mm-hmm. 10. Yeah, you know, but but what's interesting, though, is Aquaria had all of the sort of interpersonal challenges and challenges in the workroom, oh, and, like, who knows what's going to happen with Simone, but, like, Simone pairs this impeccable drag with just this, like, you know... Uh, she's also got this great personality and like this great energy that I think there's that mix of like, Oh, you're just like, you're, you're firing on all cylinders. Whereas I felt like a Aquaria was, there was that sense of like her growing into her, her genius, like her keeping up with her mind. You know what I mean? Right. Um, right. Whereas I feel like Simone's got all that locked in, you know? Yeah. Her name's Simone and she's here for the throne. Uh, essentially and, yeah, yeah talent you can't yeah. replace i yeah no i her verse was great everything was great about simone on and off the stage um yeah i hear you yeah and she's yeah. great in the talking heads too like oh she's great lots oh, she, of charm lots of yeah charm. she'd be a great narrator i uh i'm really i guess we're not gonna have much for her next week which is kind of a bummer so mm, yeah we'll see we'll see who kind of emerges in her place mm-hmm well, with that, Marys, we are going to end our episode there. If you have any thoughts, you can reach out to us at All Right Mary on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.allrightmary.com or tasteofreality.com slash allright-mary. You can email us at allrightmarypodcast at gmail.com. And if you want, you can find me on Instagram at Johnny Also or on Twitter at Johnny Also One. 
And of course, you can find me on other podcasts. You can find me on my podcast, In the Details, a celebration of nuance. You can go check out the Nuances episode I just put out. I put a lot of work into that one. So uh, it's a good intro to my podcast as well. Um, And you can also hear me on Best Supporting Podcast, queening out on Best Supporting Actresses. Uh, Not to be confused with Lala Ree, though I would be happy to talk about her there. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker and Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And of course, you can get more of both of us by going to patreon.com slash all right mary uh where you can get access to coming up very shortly our drag race uk season two recaps and very currently our unpopular opinions on season 13 fabulous we also have an only mary's episode coming out where we're just talking about oh yes dita ritz shuts it down at the scorpio charlotte Oh, yeah. Like, the this is, if you are not an Only Mary, if you're not at the $10 level, this is the reason for the season. We finally break down the infamous, at least to us, YouTube video uh, of Dieteritz indeed shutting it down at the Scorpio Charlotte. Yeah. 45 minutes on a seven-minute video. That's all we have oh, to yeah. say. That seems about right. That seems about right. Yeah. Well, and, you shut know, it down she, on him. Yeah, shut it down. <laughs> it's what she deserves. It's what she deserves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, frankly, it's what she deserves. Well, Mary, what is the last chance of sync this week? Well, in honor of all of the talk of the of the group expose. Uh, I figured that would be a last chance lip sync. Now I thought, oh, should we do I'll never get over you getting over me? But I thought, no, this is not my dentist's office in 1997. So why don't we instead do not Point of No Return, which, by the way, is the song that Darian Lake lip synced to while collecting tips on season six. But another great expose song, Let Me Be The One, which I know from my KTU days as a kid. So... Uh, freestyle Fridays, Freestyle Mondays, whenever they did freestyle, let me be the one by point of no return. Uh, uh, not by point of no return, but by uh, expose. Yeah, let me be the one by point of no return by expose. <laughs> you know what, Colin? Don't let anyone make you feel like a loser. <laughs> no, no, I'll I'll never get over you getting over me being making a, me loo- feel like a loser. <laughs> making me feel like a loser. Yeah, who can't to the drive. point of no return? <laughs> who can't drive? Yeah. All right, that was way harsh, Mary. Um, yeah, let's yeah. Uh, let's end it there, and we'll see most of you uh, lucky folks on unpopular opinions. Otherwise, we'll see you next week, Mary. Tatines. <laughs>